I can't imagine how difficult that was for you to go through, but getting hit there, what do you remember about it? And, and, and what do you have to say about it now? Yeah, it's, uh, that was tough. Um, I basically just, I remember the play leading up to it and then bits and parts of being on the ice. And then I basically remember really coming into it in the dressing room and the game was over and team was basically just coming in one by one and checking in on me. And I was actually pretty emotional too. Cause I, I don't know when sometimes you get concussions, you just can't control certain things. And I was still trying to clue in what happened. I could, at that point, I couldn't even figure out, you know, who was on my line. I was trying to oh. just try and clue back in. I was struggling. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. <laughs> All right, Jake, uh, welcome to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Uh, awesome to take the time. We appreciate it. And uh, let's get right to it. Um, growing up yeah. in Toronto, what I want to know, growing up in T.O., were you a Habs fan or a Leaf fan? Uh, growing up, I was a diehard Leafs fan. Uh, <laughs> I remember, like, Matt Sundin was for sure my favorite player. Uh Cujo, like Brian McCabe, stuff, players like that. It was uh, those are the guys I just remember watching Caberlet. Um, yeah, I was a diehard Leafs fan and couldn't stand uh, the Habs or the Sens. <laughs> uh, well, I know what that's like growing up in Boston. I hated the Habs because they always beat the Bruins. <laughs> being a Bruins fan, and then I end up there, and you end up uh, getting drafted by the Canadians, and we'll we'll, we'll get to that, but. Growing up playing junior St. Michael's uh, Junior B, did you look at looking at playing major junior at all? And what was the impetus for you to make the decision on going to college as opposed to going the junior route? Yeah, there's a, a few reasons. I guess the the, the main one was my my cousins uh, both played at Cornell growing up, and I would go there. They probably played six years total there, and I loved going to watch them play, especially when they played teams like Harvard. It was the atmosphere there was unbelievable, and it's just such a cool environment. And um, and then another big reason was I was maybe five ten, one fifty in my OHL draft year, and a bit of a mama's boy too. And just knowing I was not ready to to take that, you know, that's a pretty big step for a sixteen year old to go to major junior. And I think I would have just gotten killed out there and not been able to develop too much. So for me, it was, those two were the, the biggest factors. And then obviously having that backup plan of hockey doesn't work out and, and going to a good school and getting your degree and, you know, not putting too much pressure, all your eggs in one basket into hockey was a big thing for me. Were you getting looked at by other schools aside from Notre Dame? Yeah, I probably had like eight or 10, schools yeah I was my dad was almost like my agent at that point he was talking to every single coach that would come to the games and it's pretty funny how early these coaches now start to recruit these players to stop them from going major junior routes and so I was 15 or 16 when I started really wow. talking to schools and then I remember I went on a my dad made me go on this long trip 
across like Michigan and um, Ohio and we went to Penn State. So we went to a bunch of schools there and toured around there and ended up at Notre Dame. And yeah, I just fell in love with the campus and the rink there. Was there any interest in schools around Boston? Any of those like BC, BU, any of those schools? Uh, no, not from those two, I don't think. It's, it's been a really long time since the, I was visiting, but I didn't visit those. But uh, a lot of UCAC schools like Cornell was obviously a, a top choice of mine too, just because my cousins played there and you know knew how much they loved it. And um, a few others, it's it's you know, the education there's uh, top notch. Well, it, not only uh, loving the school and um, playing there, but you became captain at Notre Dame, which is quite an honor, no question about it. If you're uh, today, a young kid comes up to you and says, Jake Evans, you know, I'm thinking of going to play junior. I'm thinking to go play college. What do you tell that young kid? I've actually had a few of these discussions with some younger kids. And honestly, it just, in my opinion, it depends on, who you are and what you need. And for me, I needed at least a few more years to grow up a bit. And I also needed to go to school and learn how to fend for myself, um, develop all these skills like time management, um, you know, waking up at 6am to go to team workouts, stuff like that. So I, I don't know, some guys need to go on their own paths. I know I have a bunch of friends that went major junior out and loved it. And, um, you know, some made it to the NHL, some didn't, but went to uh, Canadian universities afterwards. And some were more ready for the bigger game, I guess. And some needed a bit more time. So I, I think it just varies on how you're doing at that point in your career and, and you know, where you want to end up. Yeah, I Jake, love- I live, I live, uh, I live like 30 minutes from Notre Dame's campus. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, I live, I'm from, yeah, I'm from Chicago, but I live in Long Beach, Indiana. So it's like kind of, okay. you know, about right on the Michigan city. Long Beach is like a fancy way of saying Michigan city, but um, people around here, there's like a Notre Dame alum and they're like, they want you to ask them what college they went to. Like they're proud. And there's <laughs> yeah, a lot, yeah. like, were you, uh, you know, were you aware of that going into the school? Like how, 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 prestigious that school is and then how are you today like are you proud that you went there yeah honestly when I was even just touring around the school I hadn't you obviously look at the football stadium I think that's like how you realize how big of a school it is and it's like 80,000 the it's an 80,000 seat uh, stadium and I didn't really notice it and then once I went to my first tailgate and football game I noticed how people fly in from all over the world, even just to watch these football games. And um, it's weird. It's like a massive family. They like, you could just walk to different tailgates. They don't care who you are. As long as you're wearing, um, you know, the Notre Dame colors, you're welcome in and free food. I don't know. It's just like a huge family and you really get to realize how big and how proud people are of, of that school. And, and I'm sure it's the same at a lot of other schools too. It's, you know, it's, where you came from and, and you grew up, you know, with a lot of those people there. And then everyone has similar stories too. So um, I, I love your honesty. And I say that because not many um, athletes, not many hockey players, not many athletes in general are going to say I'm a mama's boy. So I like that. <laughs> um, now, um, certainly um, looking at your youth and growing up and you go to Notre Dame and when, when does it, kind of come to you that listen I want to play in the NHL is that like when you went off to college were you 
Was that your ultimate goal, getting to the NHL? Yeah, it's it was it's always for me it's always been a goal and I've always dreamt of playing in the NHL and um I think my last year of junior B was when I was getting scouted and talking to, you know, different teams. I started to feel like there was a chance and then my first year at Notre Dame I was, you know, very driven, but I realized how much further I had to go and I guess it's always been a dream, but I think at a certain point you realize, you know, this can actually happen. And um, I think probably my third year at Notre Dame, I started to realize, you know, I do have a, a chance of making it. And I think once you realize that, it makes you drive even harder and harder to get there. What you? What was your major? Art? Art? Did you get like art degree or something? I was. <laughs> no, if you ask Galley on a team, you'll say I was a pottery major, but 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 I was a business major. <laughs> <laughs> so business major, captain at Notre Dame, your draft year uh, comes. And uh, I guess it was pretty stressful for you because I thought, I, I read that you thought you may go in the er- earlier rounds and it took seven rounds. What what were you, 201 or something? Overall? 207, yeah. 207, okay. Don't yeah. feel bad. I knuckles was two thirty one, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> I, I, and, I brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You, yeah. you flip it around. But I, yeah. how was that for you? Like a lot of kids go to the draft today. I, I, back in my day, mm-hmm. I got a letter two weeks. Two weeks later, I got a letter from the Canadians inviting me to training camp. That's it. Jeez. No one called me. No one said nothing. So, yeah. what, what was that like? Um, that draft day. Yeah, the draft actually, the draft day sucked for me, honestly. Like, I didn't like my year, and but I st- still thought I would go in the middle, I don't know, like four, four or five probably. And I don't know, you read into like those central scouting rankings and all that <laughs> stuff and you, whatever, you, you think you have an idea and then you just watch and watch and watch and just all these names and guys you've played with and, I'm sitting with my family and I'm like, I'm better than this guy or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it was a painful day until I eventually got drafted and it was just completely flipped. And it was one of the greatest days. You don't really think about where you're drafted. You're just happy to be drafted. But for the first, I don't know how long it was, it was so painful and frustrating. And, and then yeah, I guess just, just to be drafted by the Habs is pretty funny too. It's, I had all my friends from Toronto, you know, laughing and thinking it's just hilarious that though basically the one team you really hated growing up is now <laughs> they they own your rights and, and you're going to be a part of that organization. So it's pretty funny. That is funny. I was just picturing you just waiting there and then you get drafted. And you're like, I'm not going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was never a thought. It was yeah. uh, pretty easy to, to switch teams at that point. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of friends that had are even still to this day are loyal Leafs fans and they have a tough time when, when we play the, when we play the Leafs. So uh, I want to get into the piano because you played the piano as a kid. You yeah. took lessons and, and uh, listen, I'm, I think it's awesome that you did that. I just think if I have a, my father saw me playing the piano, he probably put my head through it. But um, <laughs> um, how did that come about? And, and, what did it do for you as a person moving forward? And how, how did that help you in your life today? Like pl- playing piano? Because listen, you see people sit down, they just, away they go. But 
there's more to it than that, obviously. And has it helped you in any way uh, as an adult? Yeah. Well, my mom actually made my brother and I play instruments growing up every morning before school for 30 minutes each. We'd be practicing and I'd be piano and he'd be on the violin, actually. So your dad would probably lose his mind (laughs) listening to that. Um, But yeah, my mom made us both play every morning and we both didn't love it. Um, We were both pretty good at it, though. And um, and then we actually started doing um, recitals, too, and like playing against other people. And, um, you know, there'd be a, a judge there ranking your performances and stuff. So... For me, it comes back to that time management thing. And as a hockey player now, you obviously have to have a lot of time management. um, So that's one big thing for me. And then also, I guess, I've never been asked this question. I'm just thinking about now. But I would say also just pressure and handling pressure when I'm performing in those. This was back in the sixth grade for me, the last time I did it. But I guess when you're performing in those situations, you – you can't really screw up because you're done then in those, um, I guess, recitals. And um, so, yeah, I guess just pressure situations and, and knowing how to handle them. So if you're going in a shootout and it's a big shootout, you just start thinking about your recital. <laughs> I won't be going in a shootout until about the 13th round. So I don't no, I love that. it. I love it. Do you ever play? Like, I, I grew up, I wish I played the piano. My brother and mom played and, and, you know, mm-hmm. they say like, you know, if you could play the piano, you could play any instrument. Like it's, it's not easy. And then, uh, but they have the boys seen you play. Like you, if you see a piano at a hotel, will you just go rip it? I think it's awesome. <laughs> no, I haven't actually done that yet. I, I had a keyboard um, when I was playing in the bow at my uh, condo. And whenever I'd have the guys over, I'd just start jamming out a little bit. And um, that's probably the, the last time I've really played in front of the guys, I haven't seen a piano yet. Or if I have seen one, it's probably right in the hotel lobby, and I'm definitely not doing that. Uh, <clears throat> so, Jake, uh, in, in your college career, you end up going uh, uh, into the playoffs, and you play Duluth in the final, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you get to that final. And how difficult was that? You get there, you get that shot, and you've been there in the NHL too. You get to that point where you're going to win it all, and then it's taken away. How difficult was that in college? And I know Tim is gloating about this question because Tim went to Duluth. Oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> I was at that game, actually. He was at yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how difficult um, was that? Yeah. I'd say that was one of – I'd say probably behind the – NHL finals that was the most difficult loss I've had to deal with just because you don't want to think ahead but you think about um, you know what happens if you win like like for Notre Dame that would be the first hockey championship ever and um, that was my last game too so you know going out on top it'd be you know the perfect ending and um, it was bittersweet because we were all so proud of how well we did that year and um, you know we're we lost by one goal. It was the way Duluth played was pretty frustrating. Like you, they don't give, didn't give you anything, which, um, but yeah, it was just, it's one little mistake and it's done, but it was pretty, it was a pretty quick turnaround for me. Cause I remember I was signing with Montreal the next couple of days. So, um, that was something to be proud of. And then also just with the, you know, with Notre Dame, it was the furthest they've ever made it to the finals. And, um, 
yeah, it's just something to be proud of. It's it's nah. it's easy to you know focus on all the negatives and losing that game, but um, there's still a lot to be proud of in those moments. No, I can yeah, relate no. to that. I went to the Frozen Four. My uh, this was back in 2004. And this was before they became like good and won all the championships. They got rid of us and started tearing it up. But yeah, no, we 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 lost in the semis. And it's probably the biggest regret in my, I mean, they're your best friends, the, the, yeah. the relationships you have with these guys, but what the go, the game before to go to the finals, you scored that goal against Michigan. How mm-hmm. does that rank to, to your first NHL goal? Yeah. It's, the, those two are tight, honestly, because um, yeah, that game was back and forth against Michigan and um, the arena was just, when you're playing college, you're used to playing, you know, four or 5,000 fans. And, and then once you get into the XL center, it was so loud and playing your rival Michigan and scoring that goal. It was, I was just went numb after that goal and one of the coolest moments. And yeah, it's right up there with, I, I different situations, but it's yeah. right up there with my first NHL goal for sure. So Jake, you, you leave college and you're going off to, um, uh training camp for the first time, Montreal. Um, when you got there, what was for you the biggest eye-opener? Here I am now, NHL, Montreal, organization I hated all these years, and now I'm going <laughs> to embark on my NHL career. What was the biggest eye-opener for you when you got there? Or surprise, I would say. Um, well, my first camp was weird because I had that the rookie camp, and I got – knocked out in the rookie camp oh, game. So I didn't even right. actually, yeah, I didn't even actually get to go on the ice with any of them. I would, by the time I was healthy, I was already heading to Laval. So I don't know, but just looking around and, and walking around those hallways and in the practice facility, you get to see all the guys and, um, you know, you get to see the drive that they all, all have and the motivation that they have to, you know, to perfect their craft, uh, I guess. And, um, you know, you you just look up to a lot of those guys and you want to be them. And I think in your first training camp, it's, it's a good eye opener because you realize how far you have, you know, you have to go to get there. And, but it's um, extremely motivating too. So uh, that hit, by the way, was it against Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. It was against Ottawa. Right. I recall. Um, So that hit, you get the concussion right off the hop. How uh, how difficult was that to deal with? Here I am coming in <clears throat> my first year and bang, in the rookie game, I end up getting a concussion. I, it, it's a setback right off the start. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that had to be difficult to deal with for you. Yeah, it was um, in a way shocking. Like I've never had that issue before in my career and I didn't, it was just a weird hit or I guess just the way I landed. Like it wasn't, that bad of a hit and I just fell right on my head and was out cold and it was hard for me afterwards just to once I was starting to come back and and play it's you know I haven't played pro yet and I'm playing against these way bigger guys way faster guys and it's hard to get that confidence to go in the corners or you know to skate up with the puck and you know you're worried it's going to happen again and that's it for you so it, was, it took a little bit. Like I was in Laval and playing fourth line for a while and I didn't have too much confidence with my game. And then also just going in the corners, picking up pucks and stuff like that. So it took a while for that. And I had to, you know, realize that that hit was just kind of a freak accident and 
shouldn't happen often and um, kind of move on from that. And I kind of got going after, I'd say, a few weeks in Laval and got that confidence back and wasn't too worried about it. Yeah, that sucks. It was uh, a bit of a setback off the start. And to get your confidence back, it's easy to say, oh, get back on the horse, right? But mm-hmm. when you when that happens to you, it's a, it's a lot different. It's easy to talk about it, but uh, until it happens to you, you don't know how you would mm-hmm. react. So you spend those uh, two seasons in Laval, uh, 67 games, the first one, 51 the second. And then uh, what was uh, – was t- 19 and 20 got called up. Was that at the end of the season, 19 and 20, you got called up? Yeah, it was, I got called up right before the trade deadline. I, I think a bunch of guys were sick, and then I got sent back down. And then I remember they traded Nate Thompson, and uh, they called me back up after the trade deadline. So you end up uh, playing those 13 games. And then talk about another setback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pandemic yeah. like here you are embarking on your NHL career and it, it's it's easy to you, you look at it but I always look for the positive things because there was so much negative with that was yeah. there any positive there for you uh, getting called up and then all of a sudden you're in the midst of a pandemic and something that nobody nobody has dealt with before yeah I I don't know. Like it was a yeah, it was a weird situation. Like I was basically going to finish the year with the Habs and, um, you know, kind of getting my feet wet. And then it just, and I remember the last two games, I think I had a goal and an assist and I was feeling great about myself. And, um, and then it's just seasons over and have no idea when you're going to play next. Um, I think in a way it helped me. Like I was working out in, uh, a garage just <laughs> waiting for like, I, like you had no idea when the, if we we're going to play the rest of the season out, or if you're we just going to wait till October or whenever this pandemic's over. And um, in a way it just motivated me to work and be like, I, I, I just had that fear that they were going to text you saying, Oh, like see you guys in a week. We're going right back into mm-hmm. it. Like, so I don't know. I just, I just kept working that whole, I don't know. I think it would be three, four months of nothing and just kept, working out and staying hungry and, and, you know, realizing that this is, you know, your time to, to take that step and get into the NHL. Did you, did you try to get the old rust off the piano fans or you didn't did you get back in the piano at all? <laughs> I was, I was ripping the, uh, ripping the keys a little bit. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Love my it. dad, my Love dad it. still has my keyboard in his basement. So I would just go down, like, there's nothing else to do with that yeah. video games and work out. And, uh, so I was just, yeah, playing the piano a little bit and awesome. Yeah, Jake, can you sit back just a little bit from the camera? Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you are, right there, is perfect, right there, is perfect. So, um, the pandemic uh, that comes, you get back into playing. You're playing in the Great White North Division, um, and th- that had to be crazy in itself. Going to Vancouver, changing time zones all the time uh, in that division. What? How difficult was that on the team? Um, you know, not going out anywhere, staying in the hotel. What What are some of the things they did to make, I guess the organization did, to make it easier on you guys, you know, make it more normal, if you will? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, for me, it was like I, I only played the 13 games before, so I didn't really know anything else. Like, I, I don't know, like I, my first full year in the NHL, I wasn't expecting anything. It was still awesome for me, but it was – 
difficult for us. So like we're getting COVID tested every day and you always have that small panic that you're going to get it and infect the team. And even though we were just on lockdown in our places, but on the road, it was, they, every uh, hotel had a nice lounge set up for us and we could hang out there. And, um, you know, you actually got a lot closer with guys, I think, than a regular season because you're literally around them 24-7 when you're on the road and, and hanging out in the, in the hotel instead of going off in your different groups and going to different dinners and stuff like that and or meeting up with guys on the other team. It was, it was really only one option. It was order food on Uber Eats or whatever and head over to the lounge and just hang out with everyone. What about preparation for games? Was that hard sometimes? Uh for me, no, because like I'm still trying to make it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I could see how guys like it did suck just playing in empty arenas, and especially <laughs> yeah. in the Canadian in the Ugh. Canadian division. Like you, in the Canadian division, you knew how much fun those arenas would be in a normal time, right? Like all those, all the Canadian rinks are so loud, and and when you're playing another Canadian team, the the atmosphere there is incredible. So that was the only difficult part and weird part is when you're. Even when, like when you score a goal and there's just fake applause <laughs> in the crowd, it's it was a little weird. And um, but it was for me, it was still easy to find that find that drive and and find the energy there. Yeah, that would suck. I would. I mean, just to be able to hear the coach all game, just scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That would yeah. just drive me nuts. Oh yeah, you That's... could hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so crazy. you end up uh, obviously making a place for yourself on this team. When did you feel like, okay, I'm here. I'm not going back down to Lavelle. I, I've, I've made a place for myself on this team. When was that? Uh, I'm not going to say you, cool. when did you get comfortable, but yeah. kind of, no, all right, I'm here now. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like that whole COVID year was difficult too because we were – I think we were really tight against the cap too. So I was actually getting – bumped up and down the taxi squad and back up just for salary cap reasons. Some of the other uh, entry-level guys were as well. Um, and then once we traded for Eric Stahl, I remember I basically couldn't be called back up until there was an injury. So I was basically getting scratched for like five, six games in a row. So I, I never actually felt like I made it at that point um, until probably the playoffs when I started to kind of carve out a role for myself. Uh, then I felt like, yeah, like I'm I'm here and I'm I'm contributing a lot more. So I think at that point I did, but during the season there wasn't really a certain point. You say you had to wait for someone to get hurt. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that's tough. I'd be like, I, you're like watching, but you're also like hoping someone. <laughs> no, it's it was a weird situation. I don't know. I don't exactly know the rules, but it was. I think we ran into call ups or something like that, or there's some, some sort of rule and because and of how tight we were with the cap and they had to basically just stick with the, the roster they had. And, and I was just on the taxi squad for I think a week or 10 days and was mm. basically just watching games and had no chance of playing. So uh, the year you do go to the playoffs and you go to the finals, how, um, I guess, how surprised are you? Let's take, let's talk about that Toronto series just to, Stop. Mm -hmm. You're down three one. I mean, I've been in those situations with teams and I've I know the talk that goes around the room. Uh and you've got a captain in Shea Weber who's there who certainly um 
is is a great leader. What was that like? Down three one to the Leafs. What was it like in the room? Did you, did you see some of the long faces? There were kids up in the stands. You know, they sat out cold. They sat out um, uh, Kokinemi, um for a little bit there. And um, how difficult was that? Down three one. Did you seem like? I mean, it had to seem like it's almost an insurmountable hill we have to climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely a difficult time because I think during that season we were we played the Leafs probably 10 times and they, I'm sure they beat us seven or eight times too. So we already knew we were up against it and we knew I'm sure every single media outlet said we were going to get smoked by them too. And, um, but there was that belief within the group, which was really, which is just a really cool thing. And it was guys like Shay and Corey Perry and Pricey and, um, Eric Stahl. And I remember we had a chat and they basically said like, you don't get many of these opportunities. You think like as a young guy, like you think it's kind of easy to make the playoffs and you'll get back there next year. And um, they basically said, it's, it's not easy at all. Like you don't know when you're going to be back. And, and that was a really cool moment. And I think we all knew if we won that um, game five, you know, we, we start to get them a little bit on their heels and start to question themselves a little bit. And yeah, the rest just kept going and it kept going well for us. And we found, you know, the, the right recipe. Yeah, there's no question about it. You guys got on that roll. They scored that overtime goal. Then Byron's goal, what a big goal that was. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. And you, you, you knocked them off. And um, I want to talk, uh, I guess, get into uh, the whole thing that happened in Winnipeg with you with the concussion. Now, mm-hmm. um you you've had one concussion or did you have another I had another one, one app, yeah uh, right in the bubble yeah in the playoffs the year before yeah okay yeah. and then um yeah. here you are going down to uh, put that puck in the empty net and I'm telling you as a former player the anger I felt at that moment one I wanted to get at someone and I couldn't mm-hmm. two um, after that whole thing, it really bothered me seeing you laying there on the ice like that. And Shifley wouldn't take ownership of it. It really pissed me off because he said he was trying to stop a goal. It's bullshit. Because for me, I know I, I put myself in his shoes. If I was playing against the Bruins in the playoffs and it was Ken Lindsman coming around the net to try and score an empty net, I would have done the exact same thing as he did, mm. but I would have taken ownership of it. And that bothered me about it. And, and, and listen, I can't imagine how difficult that was for you to go through, but getting hit there, what do you remember about it? And, and, and what do you have to say about it now? Yeah, it's, uh, that was tough. Um, I basically just, I remember the play leading up to it and then bits and parts of being on the ice. And then I basically remember really coming into it in the dressing room and the game was over and team was basically just coming in one by one and checking in on me. And I was actually pretty emotional too. Cause I, I don't know when sometimes you get concussions, you just can't control certain things. And I was still trying to clue in what happened. I could at that point, I couldn't even figure out 
you know, who was on my line. I was trying to just try and clue back in. I was struggling. Um, And then to be honest with you, the next couple of days, I was surprised with how I felt. I was, you know, headaches weren't too bad. I was able to socialize with guys and stuff like that. So that part was fine. The, the, The whole media draw and everything from it, I don't know if you guys know, but I don't love the media too much and I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to, I don't want that to be the storyline when our team's playing so well and we're winning. I think that was, I think after game two, it was like five games in a row we won. I didn't want to be a part of any of that. Like I wanted the focus to be on actual hockey. So I think for me, that that was just the most frustrating part was one, I couldn't say anything because I was basically on lockdown back in my condo in Montreal and, and then too it just I didn't think that that needed to even be a talking point was that hit anymore like I think I'm happy with how the league handled it and um I just wanted to I just wanted to get back to hockey and I just wanted hockey to be the main focus point and not on all this media and all these interviews and all that did you think you were uh, actually going to come back and play and then the same playoffs or did you think you were done um to be honest with you, I didn't even want to think about it because obviously I had those two previous concussions and I've got one of my best friends from back home that had to call it a career way too early on because he came back too early and got hit again. Um, and you know how playoffs get with all the hits and just a heavy game. And I didn't want to think about coming back. I just wanted to focus on how I was feeling every day. And, you know, after two weeks, I felt pretty good and, started skating again and then you know that kind of crawls back into your head that you know you might have a chance and I you know we beat Winnipeg quickly and I don't know I I guess after the Winnipeg series I started to think maybe there is a chance but I didn't want to rush it and the training staff was great with me because there would be some days where I tell them I'm feeling 100% I'm ready to go and they're like hold on a sec Jake not a chance uh like you're not even close to coming back. Like we're making sure you're a hundred percent. And yeah, it's just, it's difficult with concussions, right? Like one day you'll feel fine. And then the next day I go on a walk with my girlfriend and I'd have a headache for no reason. So, um, you really want to make sure and have, I don't know how many days, but you need to be a hundred percent confident coming back. And I wasn't rushing that at that point. Well, I'm glad you um, you've felt better for sure, and you did come back. Um, how about because uh, I know I read somewhere, uh, I know your mom had some say in this. Your mom's a doctor, right? And mm-hmm. and I think she was, um, I think she was quoted somewhere as saying she didn't want you to come back too soon or whatever. How how difficult that must have been on your mom and dad, your family members at home watching that game. How difficult yeah. was that on them? Like, they had to be hard. Yeah it's, yeah, it's... I don't know. Like, my girlfriend was in Montreal locked down, too, and she's, you know, it's her first year dealing with all this, too, and, you know, she's texting all the wives, like, what do I do? Um, my mom and my dad, all they want, like, they just want answers, and they like, the training staff did all they could and was called them right away, called everyone right away and said, I'm doing okay. But they just like, they wanted to be there. And I I think that was the most painful thing was 
they couldn't be there to help me out and, and, you know, be with me. And, um, it was tough for me too. Like I wanted, I wish I could have just sent out like a massive alert to all my close friends and be like, guys, I'm okay. But, um, yeah, like I had probably 200 texts that night saying, hope you're doing okay. And that was a tough thing. It was, it's a cool thing. Cause you realize, you know, that all the support you have, you know, from back home in Montreal and within your family, it was a really cool thing seeing how, how many people cared, but it also just sucked because, um, you know, you don't want people worrying about you in that, in that fashion. And that was the tough part. So you've certainly been through a lot. Uh, when you look at the start of your career, um, and, and going to the finals, um, with that team and then, you know, coming up empty in the final, but still a great accomplishment to get there with that team. And then uh, all of a sudden there's changes made, management change. Uh, and and now early in your career, you're going through a, a situation where the team is rebuilding. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel? Has your role on this team been defined well by Martin St. Louis and, and, how different is it playing for Marty as opposed to Claude Julian? And not to throw Julian under the bus. I know he's a great coach. But from all intents and purposes, all I hear about Marty is he's, it just it was so refreshing when he came in and spoke to the team at first. Um, how difficult has that been? Like, all right, now I'm the part, part of a rebuild. and. Mm-hmm. How's that been on you? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like, I guess when I was talking about that Toronto series and, you know, guys like Webby and all the older guys saying, you don't know when you're going to get that chance again. They were right. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. Um, like you went in, we went in the last year and I know we didn't take anything for granted or anything lightly, but things clearly just didn't go well. Um, and we weren't expecting it. And, and yeah, it's tough when you're playing games in at that point, even in January and February, that are basically meaningless towards the standings. Like you know, you're basically out of it. So it's completely different. And and you know, this year for the most part with Marty and we've been, I thought we were really good to start. We were really competitive, and we've taken a little slip. But um, the way he's been coaching us, it's I think he's getting the most out of every single guy, and he's he's demanding and, and holds the guys accountable, but he makes hockey a lot more fun. And um, I think Montreal is in great hands with him and, and all those younger guys are going to grow so much of their game because of him. And he's just such a passionate person for the game. And I guess a student and a coach of the game, like he's always trying to learn, but he's always teaching guys stuff that he's learned. And um, I think it's a great spot for him and, and for the younger guys to have a coach like that because all he wants to do is, is teach guys and get them to grow their game. Do you recall, we, we've we had a few other Canadians on the team. Do you recall uh, like the, his, his speech, his first uh, yeah. addressing of the team? How yeah. was that for yeah. you? Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> well, it's weird when you get it like, a, I've been through, I think, two coaching changes now and they're, uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing to understand because you feel like you let that one coach down and you have a lot of respect for them. Like I, you know, I felt really bad for the whole Dom situation and 
you know, a few months before that we were in the finals and then, you know, stuff happened and, and then Marty comes in and just fired everyone up. Like it was <laughs> cool. It was like, I've never, I've obviously grew up watching him, but never had the chance to really hear him give a speech. And, and, you know, he just seemed so excited and so ready to, to get this thing going. And I just remember everyone got up out of the room and was just like nudging each other. Like, Holy crap. Like, let's, <laughs> let's get That's out awesome. there. Like, and, and it showed, I think in our play that year, the rest of the year, we, I, the games were way more fun and we were a way more competitive team. And like I was saying, like he just got the most out of everyone. Yeah. And certainly a refreshing change. And, um, how was how was Marty changed at all from that first meeting to now? Because there got to be some wear and tear when you know here you know you're going through a rebuild, but you're losing hockey games. You just went through a stretch stretch where you didn't win in seven games. Come home, end up winning against St. Louis, and then um, last night uh, getting booed. At the Bell Center, believe me, I've been there a few times, quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Not fun, but has he? Is there any frustration on his part? Do you think uh, where he's been in it a while now, and he's he's, I guess not, probably wants better results than he's getting. Yeah, I think when you start the year as a as a coach, I think it's more your team. I think last year there was for sure games at the end of the year where there'd be similar situations like last night where we just sucked in a period and, and, you know, didn't deserve to be in a game. And and I think it's different when you start the year as a coach and he's definitely harder on us and holding guys more accountable. And, you know, he's not letting anyone get away with anything, which I think is great for us. And and we need that. And, um, you know, I think we've got a lot of skill and a lot of great players and great people on this team, but sometimes you need to be, rope back in and, and brought back down to earth and not thinking, you know, you're just going to win on skill alone or on all your talent. It's, it's, you know, a team game. And I, like I said, he's been getting the most out of everyone and everyone respects and listens to him. And, and when he speaks up, everyone's, you know, ready to go and, and ready to, you know, go through a wall for him. Yeah. How about you, you gotta- and your, your role on this team? Um, uh, it, has it been defined for you? Like, I think back when I played, I played with Kavanaugh and Bob Ganey. We were checking line. It was defined. It was awesome for me because I knew I had a job to do, and that line was – that's what was expected of us, go down and shut shut down the big lines on other teams. I love that. Has that mm-hmm. been presented to you, that role, that way? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's – necessarily needs to be said but you know as games go on you realize you basically know when you're going out there and you know you know when you can take a seat face-offs yeah like the big face-offs on my side like I I know if I'm doing you know well on them I'm going out there and if there's a 514 or 513 for for us I know I'm just gonna you know sit down and let let the other guys handle that so Mm -hmm. I don't know like I, I you kind of know your, your role and, and like you were saying, like, I, I love going against top lines and, you know, just being a bit of a pest and being hard to play against. And I take pride in that stuff. And I, I did that a lot in college and taking big face offs and penalty killing. And 
um, I, I find it a lot of fun and, and, you know, I know I'm not going to be that, you know, sniper on the team, but I obviously want to contribute offensively, but I find it's so much, it's just so much fun to, to go against top lines and, and, you know, have that role and, and, you know, have a big impact on the game. Your locker room's kind of unique. You got you, who's like the master at the piano, and then you got, you know, <laughs> the guy that works at Costco. How's that? <laughs> How's having? How, I love that guy. How's having Arbor on, on the back end? And uh, how's that been for you? And, and just how is he as overall as a teammate? Yeah, he's he's been great. Um, obviously, having him on the ice, it's uh, it's it's <laughs> always nice to have a tough guy out there, and um, you know guy who can and skate around and, and put fear in other the other teams just off of basically how big he is and then how hard he hits and um, all those young guys have been a lot of fun they bring so much energy every day they're excited to get out there they stay on the ice for so long and um, you know, I'm not one of the oldest guys but I've been around a little bit now and, and it's it's nice when you get you know fresh legs all this fresh excitement in and um, they're just happy to be in the NHL, and uh, I think that always helps a team out, especially when you're in a bit of a skid. You you've got these guys that are just so excited and so happy, and and you know you take a seat back and you realize how lucky you are to be in the NHL. How how about Jordan Harris? Like we had Jordan on. Actually, him and Abba came over to the house for dinner. I had them for oh, wow. dinner one night. But have you ever met like a, a nicer guy than Jordan Harris? Like. Kid, yeah, he's like, he's he's right like the nicest there. kid, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a quiet kid, but very nice. Uh, I would definitely put him as one of the. <laughs> I, I haven't like heard him say the. I don't know, prove it yet, but I could just <laughs> picture him being one of the smartest guys and have one of the highest IQs on the team. Uh, right, really nice guy, uh, very mature, and I think he's an extremely smart yeah. person as well. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Who's the we, funny? We, who's we, the funniest guy? Who's the funniest guy? Uh, Weidman is he funny? Yeah, he's <laughs> a funny guy. He's uh, I know he's loved having uh, Arbor on the team because they usually play together, and Weidman can start yelling more guys. Uh, yeah, he's funny. He's a great guy, and obviously, I'm sure you guys have heard Galley loves messing around in the dressing room, and you know pissing people off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we have a, a, a kid here who works with us, Matthew. And Matthew puts some questions together. They're just quickies. You don't need a whole yeah. lot uh, to uh, think about. Who are your closest friends on the team? Uh, I'd say Gally, uh, Nick, Cole, uh, Army. Yeah. Uh, is that Yoel Amia? Yes, Amia. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that guy. I I, I met him a couple of times. Say hi to him. But yeah. like his mouth, his mouth doesn't move a whole lot. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no. Quite, quite a nice guy. I really like him as a player too. I, I'm so happy he scored a couple of goals the other night. But anyway, mm-hmm. what was your first big purchase after signing your first NHL contract? Uh, probably just be my car. Uh, I was driving, even my first year in the NHL, I was driving my dad's old 2009 Acura to the rink and I was getting chirped quite a bit. <laughs> so uh, I didn't get anything crazy fancy. I got a nice Jeep, but that was my biggest purchase. 
What cities are the best to go party in across the NHL? Give me top three. To go party in. <laughs> um, Nashville, probably New York City. Um, let's say L.A. too. Okay. Who, uh, let me see, what is the best? And the worst thing about playing in Montreal? Um, best thing by far is just the Bell Center. And I guess you could include the fans in, in that is uh, every, every game, um, wherever you are in the standings, if it's a Monday night, even it's they're so passionate and it's always a packed crowd and it's just such a fun place to play. Uh Negative, I would. I, I mean, I'm in from Toronto, but I'd, I'd probably say the weather and how dark it gets here so quickly. Uh, it's tough. You're not going to say the media. Now, so. Not the media. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, but I've I've actually done a good job of just hiding away from social media these past couple of years. So um, that can be a problem if you don't, you know, stay away from it. But I'll go with the safer answer and say weather. <laughs> what? Uh, if hockey didn't work out for you, what was plan B? I never had one. That's why I, I just wow. went to school and got that piece of paper. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I no, got you I, playing. I, I got you playing piano at like a cocktail say, lounge, no, like the background no, music. symphony orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll have, um, to, I'll have to get the keyboard back and start practicing. <laughs> if you could play with any player in NHL history. Who would you want to team up with? Uh, probably, I, I think Sidney Crosby. I know he's, it's probably another popular answer, but I grew up watching him and, and I hate playing against him, but love watching him play. And um, just such a smart player and so strong with the puck and makes such smooth and nifty little plays. It's, it's, he's always fun to watch. Cool. All right. Um, how about Slavkovsky? How um, how's this kid? When you look at this kid as a teammate, eighteen years old, eighteen years old, can like how mature is he for that being an eighteen year old kid? Like he he lived in <clears throat> Finland on his own at sixteen, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Like it's unbelievable what in in the size of him. What, what do you see this kid doing at some point with this organization? I mean, I, I truly think the sky's the limit with them. It, it's like I picture myself at 18. I was just getting into uh, Notre Dame. And like I said, I was a mama's boy. And like, and this guy's very mature for being 18. And um, I think he's handled the pressure very well. To be honest with you, like I was saying, all these young guys, it's a lot of it's him. He, come in, he comes in with such so much energy and he's always trying to learn and get better and talking with coaches and, and other players and, staying out extra, working on his shot, working on all these small things. I think, you know, he's a, he's got a big frame, but he's, he's going to grow into a player. I, I think that not a lot of guys will want to play against. Yeah. He's it's something when I think 18 year old kid, what I was doing at 18, I'm like kid in the NHL. No, pretty it's, unbelievable. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no chance. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tim, we're going to have to get oh, him on crazy. at some point, Tim. That should be a fun one. Yeah. He, How's listen, his English? Is his English pretty good? It's pretty good. I'm impressed with like it. Like a good enough to do come on Raw Knuckles? Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. so. All right. Yeah. yeah we're going to have to look at getting getting him on here. Listen, Jake, yeah, uh, you just signed yeah. just signed a three-year extension, right? Uh, how happy you mm-hmm. with that? And um, certainly – give you a little bit of security, I guess. And uh, yeah, congrats on that for sure. Thank you. Yeah, that was my big thing. It's, you know, you can take as many risks as you want and sign one year deals and hopefully get whatever couple, I don't know, a million more, a few hundred thousand more, but it's still once in a lifetime money. And um, it's a great life to be living in, in a great city to be in. So for me, it was a no brainer when I signed that deal and um, no regrets and so happy about that. Well, good for you. Uh, Congrats and um, uh, good luck the rest of the way this season. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. All right, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me Yeah. Thanks Jake. As most of you know, I'm a dog person. I have a St. Bernard. Her name is Adele. Why do I feed Adele formula raw? Because I love her. I want to provide her with a healthy, well-balanced, locally sourced diet. A diet that consists of meat, chicken, fish, mixed with fruits and vegetables that her 140 pounds requires. I also feed her Formula Raw because it helps her overall energy, it helps her with allergies, and helps strengthen her overall immune system. Dimitri and Nick at Formula Raw have worked tirelessly over the last 10 years to perfect their recipe, and they've got it, because you know how I know? Adele loves it. She never, never misses a meal, and she's a healthy, big, beautiful St. Bernard. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend.